1: We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible.
0: We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting and following world. Welcome back to the podcast. We're so glad to hear, especially if you're new. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, guys. So today we are going to be talking about a very, I think, timely, it's always timely
0: um,
1: conversation on marriage. We are going to be talking about practical strategies for better communication in your marriage. Um, This is something that we have been really proactive in growing and learning over the years, Isaac and I have. We're not perfect at communication. I don't think any couple is perfect at communication, even the ones that probably say they are. And so I I say that because I think it's really important that we all always have an attitude of wanting to learn and grow in this area.
0: Absolutely. We, like anybody can get better, but we have learned a lot and we've noticed a lot Mm -hmm. too. And it seems to be an epidemic of bad marriage communication. Maybe Mm -hmm. not even just bad, maybe just a lack of marriage communication is a better Mm -hmm. way to say it because there are things that proactively need to be talked about Mm -hmm. so that things go better. The family unit runs better. Mm-hmm. Relationships are improved. There's not misunderstandings. Even exterior relationships to the immediate family, mm-hmm. um, it misunderstandings and a lack of communication can really hurt those.
1: You know, it's interesting because um, over the years as we've, I mean, we've, we've done a lot of things actually, as I'm thinking, yeah. you know, people are always asking about our past. I get messages from, which I love. I love getting messages going, hey, hold on a second. You went on a three month RV trip with your kids. And I'm like, oh yeah. And it just brings up That's all awesome. those, those memories. I love sharing about them. But one of the things that, about Isaac and I, maybe you don't know, is that many years ago we used to do marriage seminars and we loved the to, to encourage couples and being able to be better communicators. Mm-hmm. And that really, like the work that we put in to prepare for those and to teach those things really impacted our marriage greatly. And that was back when we were only married like 10 or 11 years. And guess what, you guys? Today, we're shooting the podcast on the it's 19th. It's our
0: anniversary.
1: It's our 23rd wedding anniversary so today. Awesome.
0: We're going to, after this, we're going to go hang out for lots of hours.
1: Yes, we're so excited. And our <laughs> kids are really excited to help us be by babysitting so that we can go out and yeah we're really excited um but we thought that it would be awesome to talk about something that is near and dear to our heart and something that has we've also seen can be a both a positive um, impact on a marriage long term to help it be thriving versus surviving but also when it isn't done well when communication is not done well what we've noticed A lot in marriages is that it's like the thing that creates the erosion and the breakdown um, that can really cause a lot of pain in relationships, Um, resentment, miscommunication, Mm -hmm. people start to think that they're not valued Mm -hmm. or respected or um, undervalued all kinds of things. And so if, if I have said anything or Isaac said anything in these first few moments of the podcast where you go, Oh man, that kind of like hits me right here mm-hmm. in the heart. Like I want to encourage you guys because we have a lot of practical tips that we're going to share with you guys. Um, and, yeah,
0: but the number one tip we wanted to get off to you guys is to pursue time together. We, we were yeah. talking before this is mm-hmm. what, do, what a really healthy marriages do that communicate well with each other. They spend time together. Yeah. And that is a challenge. Well, I'll give you a couple challenges. Uh, being a provider is for many people it's harder. Consuming. It's time consuming and harder right now, the way mm-hmm. the world's going and the economy, inflation, all these things, right? Um, there's challenges with that. and But it takes, I think the, the key is pursuing. There's always time for the things that matter most to us. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we tend to neglect the things that matter most to us because we have those things.
1: And we take them for granted. Like the things that we've had for a long time, it's easier to take those things for granted. Just like it's easier for some, maybe you notice this with your own kids, right? If you have more than one child and you have, they have a sibling relationship, don't they take each other for granted sometimes? Imagine how much more they would have appreciation for one another if they realized, wow, my brother or my sister is a gift from God. There are kids that don't have a brother or sister. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's the same thing with marriage. It's easy for us, especially when you have been married for a while to start growing complacent and not try anymore. So when we're talking about pursuing time together, it's not just going on date nights that are going to cost you money. Yeah. That's not what we mean. What we mean is like pursuing time together, even if that's like pursuing, like stopping everything and hugging in the kitchen. <laughs> You're pursuing to be there together together. And love one another.
0: And it even means if just chit-chatting in bed. Yeah. We do that for long periods for hours, of Hours
1: every day, <laughs> actually, we do. It causes us to
0: stay up till midnight sometimes.
1: <laughs> but, you know, we'll, we'll go. We're going to talk more about like starting and ending the day well, uh, which is one of our our next points. So we're going to talk. Here's the agenda for today's episode. We're going to talk about what it means to pursue your spouse regularly. We'll go into those points deeply. Um, we're going to talk about starting and ending each day well. Then we're going to talk about honoring one another and what scripture says about that. And then the fourth one, we did title the fourth point, be kind, but really it's so it's like being kind in all kinds of things. And the so, practical things to do. Yes, yes. And so please stick around for those. Um, but you guys, I, I just want to encourage you that if you're in a place of stagnation, in your marriage communication, or if you feel unappreciated or disrespected or just undervalued, or if you feel um, like you have lost that loving feeling, (laughs) if you will, you know what I mean? Uh, Or if you're, maybe you feel like maybe your spouse has and you're like, I'm choosing daily to show up, but they are not. If that's you, like I do believe that this podcast will have many nuggets that will be not just an encouragement, but an exhortation and give you some good guidance as to some things to do to maybe like liven it up again and and um, make the next decade, if you will, right? Like yeah. for us, we're at 23 years of marriage and we're looking forward. We're looking ahead to many, many more, as many as the Lord will give us. And that's an exciting thing. Yeah. You know, and I don't know how many marriages in, that have been married for 20 years or more view that idea truly as being an exciting thing.
0: Absolutely. So we're just going to take a moment here um, to share some really exciting things, and then we'll go into those points. But if you've been hanging out for a while, you know that God has put on our hearts to impact 10 million legacies uh, as we steward the ministry. Mm -hmm. To do that, it takes effort, it takes time, it takes money, finances actually, uh, to be working full-time and expanding the impact and the things that need to happen and so forth. And so rather than Uh, move the nonprofit direction, we have stayed being a, I guess, for profit, for social good as a way to say it, meaning that we're not a nonprofit, but we operate very much in the same way of the whole purpose is to have impact for the kingdom of God. And so we, uh, some exciting things are happening. Ways to support that is to be part of the parallel economy and pr- provide things that are valuable to Christians, give them options to choose that, you know, now they're not supporting some woke company, instead they could be supporting this mission. So we recently, produced a video of us talking. I want to share it with you guys. It's Mm -hmm. about three and a half minutes. Um, I really, we're putting this in here. We, we never do this, but it's super important. Everybody hears this because there's some changes. There's a new home website for the entire ministry where there's access to everything. So you'll find out about that in this next clip. And we're also launching be courageous coffee today. So we're so excited Mm -hmm. about that. If you're listening on Tuesday, uh, the t- September twentieth, and so uh, we're so excited. Listen to this, and I think you'll love what you hear. Do you remember when churches were pressured by the government to close their doors during COVID?
1: Do you remember hearing about pastors going to jail for leading a church service?
0: And have you heard the stories around the world of churches omitting parts of Scripture or facing closure?
1: And of course, you've witnessed big tech canceling people sharing conservative values
0: and biblical truth. Do you ever shop places but in the back of your mind, you realize these people actually hate me and they're trying to influence society in the opposite direction of what I believe in, of what I would want for my children's future families?
1: The enemy wants to rid the world of anything godly and has enlisted much of the modern culture to do so. See, the enemy
0: wants you to believe you don't have the influence to make a difference.
1: We certainly remember. We also remember the attacks and cancellation efforts of this ministry.
0: And aren't we seeing an unprecedented number of Christian organizations caving to the pressure because they've allowed their organizations to be built in a way where there's a lot to lose.
1: See, the more dependent organizations are to anti-Christian corporations and authorities, the less likely they will stand for biblical truth.
0: See, big tech can cancel whoever they want as it's their right. Governments can take away nonprofit status as soon as biblical positions about marriage, gender, and sex become illegal to preach or write about.
1: So what should we all do? Well, the Bible says to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves.
0: Taking action in wisdom doesn't mean you don't trust the Lord. Let's not misunderstand this. We need to vote with our money, but there has to be alternatives for Christians to log into and to purchase.
1: So here's the opportunity. There's a parallel economy that's needed and already being built by so many.
0: Our friends at Brave Books, Gab, Rumble, The Daily Wire, and so many other companies participated.
1: But we have to realize that complaining doesn't help anything and is often a result of someone who isn't participating in the solution. It's actually an exciting time for believers to take action.
0: And we hope you continue to take action with us in more ways.
1: As the ministry aims to have an indelible impact on 10 million families and their legacies, we need a new home brand for the ministry, which includes Courageous Parenting, Courageous Mom, Resolute Man, and the Be Courageous app, and for what's ahead too.
0: Now, everything can be found at BeCourageousMinistry.org. While we are completely dedicated to social good, we will never move to being a non While financial gifts are extremely helpful, especially as we invest for greater impact in this direction, we believe it's vital to create valuable solutions in the parallel economy that support the ministry.
1: We've been joining the effort to give Christians better alternatives. It's why last year we launched the alternative social media app for Christians, Be Courageous.
0: It's also why we launched online stores with gear to wear and use that further the movement.
1: It's why we never stop giving our best weekly, sharing biblical wisdom on the podcast.
0: It's why we're so committed to the Parenting Mentor Program and other courses.
1: It's why this year we launched the Kid Weekly Podcast, in the app too.
0: And that's why we're now launching coffee at BeCourageousCoffee.com, premium Italian roasted coffee with free shipping to your door.
1: We are growing part of the parallel economy as a Christian for-profit organization to further the 10 million legacies movement.
0: See we refuse to be silenced. We refuse to be quietly influenced to be less bold. We reject pressure to be passive. Therefore we continue to move in a direction less reliant on opposing forces.
1: Together, let's be courageous in raising our children and influencing our culture with the gospel.
0: Together, let's work to influence a better future. God chose us for these times.
1: If you want a better future for your kids, we have to build it.
0: If you want better coffee, we have it ready for you at BeCourageousCoffee.com. All right. So, hey, thanks for listening to that. It's uh, near and dear to our heart. Mm -hmm. It's a really important message. And uh, go to uh, BeCourageousCoffee.com courageous ministry.org as you're listening or later and check out all the things that are going on, go to be coffee.com check out everything that's going on. We would so love it if you at least tried the coffee. People are raving about it. We had a launch team. It's been so fun. I
1: know. Isaac is so funny because in (laughs) the morning, he gets really excited about hearing these testimonials and he'll read them to the whole family during our family meeting. And the new one that he shared with us was actually from a couple that has just devastatingly experienced a hurricane, right? Yeah. And they had got courageous coffee be courageous coffee and put it in their survival pack or something yep. like that right Their yep. evacuation pack and they put a they put a testimonial together saying it was great to be able to have coffee when we were evacuated it was an important part yeah. of
0: their evacuation bag. so
1: sweet of them i'm yeah. very humbled by that thought i mean here we are like we're not experiencing the after effects of a hurricane and someone else is and they're still like taking time to put in a testimony that just blows my mind so if you're listening and that was you Thank you so much. I'm like blown away by that generosity. Well, let's,
0: let's get into it. So yeah. our first tip is pursue your spouse regularly, and yes. of course we have the days like we're experiencing today—the anniversary, the special, special days, yep. super special. But
1: milestones—we've got to
0: make lots of days special. We've in small, little, and mm-hmm. unique ways. I mean, what can you do to um, make sure your spouse is feeling pursued? I think that is that feeling. Is what needs to not ever die. Yeah.
1: And this is not necessarily. um, When we say pursue your spouse regularly. I'll just share with you guys. When I was first putting together. That part of the outline. I had put date your spouse regularly. Because that is part of pursuing your spouse. But it's more than just. Like we had to change it. From date your spouse regularly. Because now that's like a sub point. Underneath this. Because it's like a daily pursuing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a heart connectedness where like on a daily basis otherwise you just start to feel like oh it's Friday so they're trying hard that one day of the week. You know what I mean? And for at least for women it can feel that way if their women are the ones that are at home maybe doing more of the mundane things and they're really struggling in their marriage that can affect the atmosphere of the home it can affect the culture it can affect the desire to even want to serve in the home actually. And so if men if you're listening and you're like, why is my wife struggling so much with like wanting to be at home? Sometimes I'm just going to give you a little tip, not always, because she's responsible for like choosing joy in the moment and pursuing God and finding that purpose and that identity there for sure. But there's also this element of like, it's so like, isn't it better when you want to do something because you love someone and you want to do that thing for them because you love them because you? also feel loved and appreciated as well. And that comes from that daily pursuing. And when that is missing, then it's easier for the wife during the week to be like grumbling while she's picking up laundry or cleaning bathrooms or whatever. You know what I mean? And so this tip is really like a, when I when we say pursue your spouse regularly, it's like a daily. Pursue your spouse regularly throughout the day. If you can. I
0: remember uh, in our premarital counseling, uh, if you call it, is it counseling? Is that what you call it? I mean, that's
1: what they called it. But it was meeting with another
0: married couple. Yeah. And um, by the way, on that note, I remember I shouldn't have been doing this, but I had a new business and I was working six days a week. Shouldn't have been doing that. Anyways, I just remember being so exhausted going to these premarital meetings because it was before church, wasn't it? Yes, yes, yes so it was very early. And then, then we go to church <laughs> yep. and I've been hustling for six days in a row already. We were working like 80 hours oh, a week. It was insane. But I remember yeah. this thing that stuck out, which was um, don't get stuck in maintenance stock. Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. so
0: often the normal rhythm of communication just becomes maintenance things. Oh, yeah. I need to go to the grocery store and I need this. Oh, hey, I need to go fix this. I'm, oh, hey, this is about this kid and this this this. Oh, yeah, the about calendar and the bills and the, bills, business, the finances and, and the garbage. All the all those things. There's there's an endless supply if, if, of things of things to talk about yeah. that are just maintenance and those need to be talked about, but if that is 99% of your communication, Or 100% Mm -hmm. in some cases, there's a problem. Like We need to purpose to pursue each other in relationship-connected words, relationship-connected communication. Mm -hmm. And that is really important. And sometimes when there's a lot going on, we have to just – we have to withhold some of the maintenance stuff. So there's room. For enjoying each other and having good communication with each other.
1: It's interesting because we have talked about in depth with people, with other couples, and kind of like in our mentoring with them said, hey – the, the business meetings, if you will, right, are important, but don't let every date night be that like maybe make one of four in a month, be a business meeting and really hash it out, be super productive. And then have your other three things be completely different things where you're not even allowed. Like you put boundaries around that and you're not talking about business stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you and I, we had to do that with ourselves yeah, and it became like, I can't even tell you how life giving it was to be with your spouse without the expectation of needing to go over all the hard things that haven't been covered that week. Um, But instead, putting them on a shelf and going, they're not eternal. They will be there tomorrow or they will be there next week. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And then really like engaging with one another person to person Enjoying one another person to person without all of the other things and without the other people, without the other stories, without the other narratives. Right. And I think that there's when you make a purpose to like go, okay, so obviously we need to have business means maybe you can even work it out where Mm -hmm. you have like a certain two days a week at night where you sit and you talk for an hour but then your date nights are never that. Whatever works for your family, right? Whatever works for you as a couple. But like the point is, is communicating about not mishmashing it in so that it's always something that is on your mind, right? Um, That can be huge. Another thing is getting time to communicate alone without kids. And so a minute ago, I just shared like, pursuing your spouse regularly, for example, like even just getting time where you hug in the kitchen and you make eye contact and you just say, I love you, right? Or you're just like- engaging where it's just the two of you and that can be special. But like you also need to be able to have time where you can communicate about things where little ears are not listening, Mm -hmm. Um, where little mouths are not putting their two cents in, if you will, Um, where there's not extra ideas or, oh, and I need this too being tack- at, tacked on to whatever the communication is, because that can become overwhelming for a couple when they're already talking about something that's like difficult, right? One, to have other yeah. people interjecting or interrupting.
0: One of the recent ones that we've enjoyed is garden time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Angie will be out there. It's More Angie that works in the garden. I usually have Xander in the backpack and I'm walking him around um, and chit chatting with Angie as she's doing that. That's mm-hmm. been fun. We just put two chairs in there, so I'm looking forward to more of that. Mm-hmm. We also take walks together sometimes. We're mm-hmm. gonna we hope to do even more yeah. of that, which is to getting out of the house. All the kids stay in the house and, and we're out. Now mm-hmm. we're, we have older kids, I understand there's seasons, and sometimes you can't leave littles alone and those kinds mm-hmm. of things. And those seasons, we it was all after hours. We put the kids to bed and then we then really, we had our time. We really had. That time. And sometimes I remember I'd be so exhausted from work and I would be, oh, let's watch a movie or something like that. And we would do that. But I think sometimes we would go, well, even though we desire that, let's actually spend some time talking Mm -hmm. to each other first we could put that movie on later and we're not at all. And sometimes yeah. we would just end up talking and there would be no movie at all.
1: And it's interesting too, because I feel like things have changed so much for us to where there's just like today in today's culture, there's just not anything worth really watching very much that it's not that big of a temptation. actually, yeah, As far as changed. movies go, things have changed so much in 23 years of marriage. And so I, I would just challenge you guys too to like, have your especially if you have littles if you are one of those people that just have littles like when we had our oldest and we didn't have olders to help mm. with the kids. We were very routine focused and always had our kids in bed by seven 30. Do you mm. remember that? We, and we'd go sit on our front porch Yeah. and we lived at the time we lived in a neighborhood and we had three kids under five. And I remember neighbors walking by at seven 30 and here's Isaac and I sitting mm. just chilling and they got so kids fun. in their stroller and they're, they're like, where are your kids? And we're like, Oh, they're in bed. And they're like, what and we're like, <laughs> we need our time, like they can go to bed early, <laughs> and they were just shocked by that night because
0: kids like, get up early regardless of what time to go to bed,
1: exactly. And so, we just found that, like, for us, that was what worked, and then Isaac wasn't as tired because it wasn't like 10 o'clock at night, and mm-hmm. of course, there were some days where he was working later, and we had later nights, but typically speaking, if you have little kids, it's a good idea to have routines where you have nap time and you have bedtime routines where you can put them down and you can know that those are two times that if you need to have like a phone call with your husband while mm-hmm. he's at work, where your little kids ears are not listening, do it during nap time so that when you are together, you can see each other or maybe vice versa because sometimes hard conversations need to be face to face, making eye contact. Otherwise, like texting, I never recommend hard conversations for, um, but those are just just a few tips anyway and, it,
0: and it's so important to dream together you guys you've got yeah. to have dreams you've got to talk about the future the future propels us forward and makes the mundane more enjoyable like mm-hmm. thinking about having goals and working towards something. Of course, that's a vision for your kids' lives and your legacy and and them being, you know, launching and being, you know, mm-hmm. strong believers and having families. And mm-hmm. we're starting to experience that. We just yeah. our first grandchild. Just oh came. yeah. A lot that's of,
1: actually a new fun announcement uh, for today's podcast because yeah. that she wasn't born last Tuesday.
0: That's true. Yeah.
1: So our grandpa little here's a little plug. Our granddaughter was born on the um 15th of September. She's so amazing. Her name's Quincy, and we're so excited to have her in the family. Yes, her initials are QT. Ha ha, I love that. She (laughs) is
0: amazing. It's just when you're holding your grandchild, it is next level goodness. It is. It is like amazing. Like tears
1: in your eyes can't hold back. And yes, for those of you who are listening, who've maybe read Redeeming Childbirth, my book, or gone through my Christian postpartum course, um, I was so honored, so blessed by Caroline and Austin that they invited me to be a part of the birth along with her mom. And we got to be the part of the birth team. And that was super special.
0: So on this anyway. dreaming together, yeah. you know, obviously that is probably the most important aspect of dreaming together, just how the legacy is going and mm-hmm. how to help it and encourage the kids and all these things. But there's other things, too. There's things mm-hmm. about your marriage. There there might be a trip you want to go on. There might be uh, a business you guys want to do together or a project around the property or the house that you want to do. Or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's... Um, You're going to, you know, flip a property in the future or these kinds of things. It can be years out, but Mm -hmm. big things don't happen unless you're thinking years out. Mm -hmm. And yes, you're thinking about the ideas and these things and interests, or maybe it's moving somewhere, you know, uh, eventually having a a vacation property somewhere. You could literally have just enough to pay the bills right now and still dream about having a vacation property somewhere Mm -hmm. or doing a vacation or eventually having, you know, the ability to do an RV trip. You know, we had a dream of doing a a, a three-month RV trip, mm-hmm. you know, years before we it did it. It was like it. a
1: decade before we actually did it. You know, it was before we bought our RV. And I remember thinking like, oh, won't it be fun when our kids are all older and we're able to like make history come to life and geography come to life as we're driving around the country and we're showing them these places that they've been learning about, right? And then all of a sudden we blinked. And our oldest was about ready to go to college. This was almost five years ago. And it was four and a half years ago, you guys. So I'm telling you, don't blink. Yeah. Um. But we literally looked at each other and it was the worst of circumstances. So if you're sitting there going, there's no way I could afford to take off three months. There's no way I could afford to do a three-month RV trip. Where would you get the finances for that? Let me just share with you briefly for a second. This is the power of dreaming together. And this is what we're talking about. Isaac and I had a dream that we wanted to do something like this with our kids so many years ago when they were little, little, like mm-hmm. Kelsey was seven, eight years old. And then 10 years later, when she was 17, about to go to college, we were like, it is now or never, what can we do? But we had just experienced a business failure. And we had a lot of debt that we were trying to pay down and we were working hard. We were a couple years into paying off that debt. And we just decided, you know what? You can work from the road, praise God. So let's downsize and let's sell as much as we can in a garage sale and build a little nugget to help pay for the trip. And so we did. The kids all worked super hard together, and we did this. We—it's it, an incredible story. I'm not going to go in depth into all of the things regarding the trip, but the point is, is yeah. if we didn't have that dream, it wouldn't have come up and gone. Whoa! Wait a second that was something that was super important to us. We need to do this. And you guys, it wasn't just like the fact that it was an RV trip. It was that it was a legacy-building, relationship-building trip. Like the trip had a bigger purpose behind it than just seeing things, although that's super cool. It was more about relationships and experiences and building memories with our kids. And that was what our hearts desired way back when. And so you can make those things happen Lord willing, but it doesn't start without a
0: dream. You got to talk about it. There's an interesting thing that happens that your, your minds and your relationship and your sense of teamwork orientates into a direction that Mm -hmm. you communicate about. And if you don't communicate about it, it might take years for this to happen, But those little steps, those little decisions on the way, oh, we don't wanna get into debt because we have this vision for this. Oh no, let's not do it because of that. Oh yes, let's add this tool because it's useful now, but also it's part of that vision in the future Mm -hmm. that we hope to be able to do whether it's maybe it's remodeling and flipping a property. So then we need this tool for our house to do something here, but we also could be used in the future. Mm -hmm. And then therefore, you know, so that's, it, it really does orientate. And I find people don't tend to do those dreams If they weren't Mm -hmm. talked about years in advance.
1: No, it's amazing. And I I think that that's part of what keeps your marriage alive actually, right? Is that you're not looking back because you're so focused on being purposeful in the present and moving towards a goal in the future. And when you have those two things in your equation versus looking back, like I think of looking back as like a minus sign or even a division sign, in a, in an equation, right. Versus multiplication, when you're looking forward to the future and you're thinking legacy, that's like multiplying. Right. And so you guys, when it, this is literally a game changer for couples. And I think that what we've witnessed over the years with many different marriages, um, just it, in proximity with people is that there is a difference between those marriages that are thriving and the ones that are just surviving and the ones that end up failing. And unfortunately, we've been married long enough to see the ones that fall away after seven years of marriage, 10 years of marriage, 11, 15, 20, 26. And it's devastating. It's devastating to their families. It's devastating to their their friendships, to their church communities. And it's it's not God's will actually um and so you have to put up these safeguards and but but at the same time you also need to want to pursue one another yeah and so dreaming together is just part of pursuing your spouse right and growing together which is another aspect of this is growing and learning together that is a really fun Huge. thing to do on your date nights um one thing that i was thinking of when isaac was sharing about um this concept earlier today I want to ask you ladies a question. This is, and it is for, guys can listen to it too, but really I think that women's groups are a really popular phenomenon in churches where there's women's Bible studies everywhere in churches. Am I right? And it's easier to find women who have been a part of a women's Bible study than it is to find men who've been a part of a solid man's Bible study for a long period of time. I'm just going to be honest. This is sad to me. Um, but I, my question is this, are you more intimately sharing what you are learning in the word and the ways that you're growing and the things you're passionate about, are you sharing more of that with the women in your Bible study than you are with your spouse? And if that is off kilter, if that is weighed in a wrong way, if you were to put it on a scale, then something needs to give I'm not saying you need to walk away from your Bible study what I'm saying is you need to prioritize and put effort into pursuing your spouse and you need to communicate those things first with him actually um, and I would say the same for the guys as well like if they're they have friendships that they're learning and growing from more that are brother relationships versus like a spouse there's something off
0: yeah it's going to be your spouse first and you know how many spiritual conversations do you guys? Have together? Do you talk about doctrine? Do you talk about what you're learning in the Bible? Do you talk about uh, questions you have and wrestling with scripture mm-hmm. together and these kinds of things? Or are we just relying on Google podcasts and other influencers we have never met? Yeah. And so it's really important that um, podcasts like this are extra to, you know, the communication learn to the together. communication with mm-hmm. each other. And it's really, really important. And that's our second point is start and end each day well mm-hmm. together. And I think that That's got to have some spiritual activity going on, Mm -hmm. Um, like praying together. Mm -hmm. It's, um, you know, and if you guys have never really prayed together, it can feel awkward. And so I want to encourage you to do what's hard and to make a better marriage. And so sometimes we have we go, wow, I wish my marriage was like this or I wish my I wish this was easier. And I would just say, no, I think you should wish you were better. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a hard word, but that's how I think about myself. When I th- when I think in my mind about something, I think, man, I wish this was easier. I'm like, well, no, how can I do better? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most productive thing. We always, it, it can be easy to go, well, how could they can be better? And these kinds of things. No, how can I be better? And if both spouses start thinking that way, even if just one at first starts thinking that way, it rubs off on the other one.
1: It totally does.
0: How can I be better? I wish this was easier. No, how can I Mm -hmm. be better? I wish this business was easier. Well, how can Mm -hmm. I be better? I wish this ministry was Mm -hmm. easier, which it's not, right? Uh, No, how can I Mm -hmm. serve better in this ministry? How, Mm -hmm. you know, what needs to happen?
1: Understanding that your marriage is your first ministry actually is a huge thing. And I, I think that, um, you both will be, if you both view your role in your marriage as your ministry, like I view my role as Isaac's help me to help encourage him as he's leading. And I do that by the way that I am like how I'm present within the family. But I also do that with the things that I say or with the position that I allow him to walk in that I try not to overstep. But I also do that in it like through when he comes to me and he's he's brings a a sermon that he's been working on or a thought that he's thinking on and he'll go, What do you think about this? Right. And so like even just sharing within our ministry, like when we have posts for courageous parenting, Mm -hmm. like we always talk about them before they're published. Yeah. And I love that that there's a respect and a collaboration and a team effort that is there. Mm -hmm. And part of that is this concept of like debriefing one another. Right or downloading what we're learning together in the Word, and then that leads the other person towards the same thing regarding God and what He's called us to. And it's so powerful. Like
0: I really appreciate how you encourage my leadership versus discourage it. I think that there can be a competitiveness in marriages sometimes, and I do feel like you encourage me in that leadership. And but at the same time, just because God made men leaders of their families that's servant i mean that is like yeah. serving not lording over lording over would be sinful mm-hmm. okay and so i think that the lording over leaders tend to not communicate as mm-hmm. well their they marriages make don't they just make decisions yeah. and these kinds of things we're making some generalizations here but i think mm-hmm. that we want to be aware of that and wary of that mm-hmm. and i learned so much from angie yeah, I'll run know something by her and she'll bring an essence to it that I'm like, oh, that's really helpful. You know, something I'm missing or some other slant to the scripture or these kinds of things. And I just really appreciate that. And I think that that's how marriage is supposed to be we're supposed well, to two sharpen people each other becoming
1: one yeah. right like and i think that there's an accountability in that but there's also a sharpening like you're saying when two people become one it's not like that one that is the head is more than the other person right. it's that two individuals who have intrinsic value who have personal relationships with god who have brains who think and have knowledge and understanding, they come together and there's even a stronger, it's it's harder, it's harder for them to be broken apart, right? Especially yeah. when it's regarding growing in the Lord together. And I think that this is literally at the core, I think of all the things that we're talking about today, this concept of like, I'm growing in the Lord, you're growing in the Lord, and we meet at the Lord. Like this concept of a pyramid, right? Like Isaac's in one corner, I'm in another corner. We're like moving towards the Lord and we meet together at the Lord. Like that is actually the picture of walking in a Christian marriage together. And if you're doing that, if you're pursuing God, then all of these other things should be added unto you. It's kind of like that verse that we love, right? That says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. If you are seeking first the kingdom of God, and you're seeking God, you're going to be seeking the Bible. And then all of these things that we've been learning over 23 years, as we've been seeking God and and seeking to grow, they will be added to you as well, because this stuff all comes from the word, right? Which reminds me, let's jump into Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 it says and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up and i i am so encouraged by this but i'm also reminded and disheartened heartbroken really for the couples who did give up mm-hmm. don't let that be you don't give up on your marriage don't give up on the lord you guys this is what god is literally commanding us you are going to reap what you sow Mm -hmm. and so we today wherever you are in your marriage if you've been married six months if you've been married seven years if you've been married 11 years if you've been married 47 years you have the opportunity today to sow righteousness to sow kindness you have the the opportunity today to sow grace into your marriage and you will reap from those things that you sow
0: well, hey, starting and ending the, each day together, you know, everybody has different schedules and different things going on. One of the things we like to do, and you can fit this in mm-hmm. or apply this however it works for you guys, mm-hmm. but we'll do de- debrief in the morning um not all the time but when we do everything goes better mm-hmm. we debrief a little bit about the day and then we spend time with the family we mm-hmm. eat breakfast either Angie or myself will make breakfast for everybody and we'll sit there and you know I'll lead with some scripture we'll talk about the day we'll discuss the scripture um and I think that's really important and when we debrief before that meeting it's way more helpful um so you know how could that happen you know, with your schedule? Or does Mm -hmm. that need to happen in the evening and Mm -hmm. talking about the next day? That totally works too. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really good. And I think praying together, family that prays together is is a healthy family. You know, marriages that pray together is healthy. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting the download from your wife, husbands at the end of the day is so important. So if you're driving home from work, one idea is that you could give her a call. And get it low before you step into the door. Mm-hmm. That could really help. So you can reinforce some behavior issues. Mm-hmm. You can reinforce and acknowledge the good things that mm-hmm. happen, and the kids did in front of their mom. Mm-hmm. You're anchoring that good behavior and so forth. Uh, you can share your hearts. Uh, maybe, maybe the wife. Maybe it's easier to talk over the phone because there's less distraction. You know, it might be hard for the wife, but uh, with kids around. But you know, you can try things. Okay.
1: One thing that might be helpful on that too, because sometimes I know that as a wife, that's like when men are. Coming Coming home from work after, like for most people, it's usually dinner prep time. And then things are a little bit, can be chaotic in a home when you have a lot of kids. So one thing that's been helpful for me is utilizing like audio messaging um, with Isaac. And that's something that you you can do a lot. I mean, I don't have to do it as often now because he's here, but that's something that you could do when you do have kids down for a nap. If something big that he needs to know, if you have special intel that God enlightened you to regarding your child's heart and intentions or a circumstance or situation that happened that you feel like he needs to know about and he needs to pray about it. And then he also needs to help you with confronting it. Give him an audio message while the kids are napping and he can listen to those later when he's driving home, as long as you guys have communicated about that. Sometimes wives want a response right away, but you guys need to have grace with each other and communicate about expectations regarding when they're going to listen to it. But that would be a good time to do that because they're like downloading from work and they're like, okay, I have to get into the dad mode. I got to get into the home mode now. Mm -hmm. And to hear that intel of like, oh, today so-and-so lost their tooth and this person, this happened, but then there was this, this big deal. I know
0: that it helps me to lead and to to have a knowledge about what's going on and yeah. to reinforce what's happening and to be an influence. A dad's influence is paramount and it's hard to influence if I don't know what's been going on, if I don't know what to influence because mm-hmm. I haven't been there. And so it really is a, a wife, uh, it needs to do that. It's super helpful, but the husband needs to be receptive and want that and Mm -hmm. actually use it. If husbands don't use the Intel and she spent all that time giving it, then that's going to be demotivating from continuing to give it. Mm -hmm. If someone works from home too, you could always make a little debrief meeting, your most important meeting of the day. Maybe you have all these Mm -hmm. other meetings and work and then you're like, wait, I'm going to catch up with my wife for 15 minutes before I'm off. Hey, text her. Can you come into the office? Yeah. And uh, you guys could debrief real quick mm-hmm. before you go into you know, the family. It's just mm-hmm. super, super helpful to do those things.
1: I think another aspect is that sometimes women think that there's certain things that they need to do that they shouldn't be asking for help with because they feel like it lands in their jurisdiction. And then they keep doing those things, right? And depending on what they're going through in their life or trans- life transition, they can f- – they can just feel guilty for asking for help. This aspect of starting and ending your day. Well, if there's something like that, where you need to ask for help, you have a doctor's appointment or something like that. These are the times when you're going to have that opportunity to ask for help because parenting is supposed to be a team effort and you guys both need to help one another to also take care of yourselves well. Mm -hmm. And so communicating about the dentist appointments, the doctor appointments, chiropractor, whatever it is, or just even needing like five minutes when you get home to go for a little walk, to blow up some steam and then come back and serve dinner, whatever it is. You guys need to communicate about those things.
0: Well, hey, we're going to lightning fire over these next three points. There's a lot of practical stuff in that fourth point. I just want to invite you real quick to the Parenting Mentor Program at CourageousParenting.com. Go check it out. Over 2,000 parents are raving about it. It is literally changing the way they parent strong Christian parents to new believers too mm-hmm. that are parents uh alike, from you know, waiting for the first child to, you know, large families and all in between, lots of, you know, mid-sized families in the program and it what in a powerful community mm-hmm. too. You get the app for free for a bit. So I just yes. wanted to share that. That is a major part of what supports the mm-hmm. ministry too. So you can check that out. Also, by the way, as you know now, you can go to be courageous and get to courageous parenting too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so our third point is honor one another. This is so important. I have a scripture for you, Matthew. Um, let's see here, 7, 12. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So the meaning of that is to, how do we like to be treated? Well, that's how we want to treat others. But to take that even a little bit further usually, not always, but usually people marry people a little bit different than themselves. (laughs) Wired a little bit differently. One might be more detail oriented; The other one is like, forgets details quickly. (laughs) Okay, so, but they might be more visionary or something like that. We're all a little different, right? And so we need to not just think about how we're wired. We need to think about how God wired our spouse. And we need to stay who we are, but we need to honor who they are and how we communicate. So it's just really important to think about that. We could do a, a half day training session on this. Yeah. This one thing. In
1: fact, we used to in but, the marriage seminars. But, <laughs> but, what, I,
0: but I want, what I want to tell you is just to start thinking about that. Do I honor her in the way I communicate? Mm-hmm. I like everything, short sound bites and to the point and quick. Am I expecting, I do this, I make this mistake. Do I expect this out of my wife, Angie? Who actually likes to hear more details? Who actually likes to know the information, most of it, maybe not all, but most of it, until it's not necessary information, right? So it's really important to understand mm-hmm. who you're communicating with and honor them. Maybe you need to share more details. I think so many husbands are like we just keep things in. We just we're, we're like these smiley, um, bound, you know, self-preserving. Uh, protectors of the family, but non-communicative. I know not every dad's like that, but there's a lot of people like that. And I think we need to work that communication muscle and talk about things that maybe we don't think are important to talk about, Mm -hmm. but are vital to the marriage. Mm -hmm. And so what are those things and are you honoring Um, the other person. Mm -hmm. I think that's important.
1: Yeah. The other aspect about honoring one another is understanding that there are some very basic design differences between men and women. For example, just even the sheer amount of words that a woman puts out or could be putting out on a daily basis. Now, I get that not every woman is wired exactly the same, just like Isaac was talking about that. But Typically speaking, there are a whole ministries and books written about how men are typically more likely to put out about 10,000 words in a day, and women are somewhere around 30,000 words in a day. So understanding that there are design differences between men and women and adjusting our expectations of our spouse so that they're more realistic of them, it's going to be super, super important for being able to have understanding with them, mm-hmm. living with your spouse in an understanding way. I know that the Bible talks about that in First Peter, right? It warns men that they yeah. need to live with their wives in an understanding way lest their prayers be heard. Whoa, that's huge, right? And I just even think like how many times do women wanna share their hearts, right? Kind of like they do at a women's group. And they maybe try, but their husbands aren't living with them in an understanding way. So they cut them off or they're like, are you done yet? Or they're just like, they lose interest and they start looking at their phone and scrolling or like their body language will tell them something different. Or Mm. their facial expressions tell them something different than I'm interested in what you're saying and I care. And I think that Mm. it's super, super important that you understand that 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 is part of living with your wife in an understanding yes. way that there is this need for women to feel a connectedness mm-hmm. from heart to heart where they feel loved and cherished is actually going to come from if they feel like they're heard. And so, um
0: and husbands, you want to be respected, right? So, well, mm-hmm. cherish your wife and you'll be respected a whole lot more. We as leaders, we need to be the initiators. We need to initiate um, our part, and just watch how beautifully your wife will respond. It's so amazing. It's, it's, uh, if I cut Angie off and I'm short with her, you know, it's going to be hard for her to respect me. But if I understand mm. that she just wants to share her heart and to communicate and getting the words out is uh, makes her feel understood and cared about and loved and cherished... She's going to respect me more. It's going to be easier for her to respect. So let's make it easy for our wives to respect us. Mm -hmm. That's really important. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 5.33 talks a little about this, which is pretty cool. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So love. If you love someone, your wife, Mm -hmm. as yourself, then you care so deeply hmm How she's doing. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's super, super important.
1: And you guys, I mean, we don't have enough time on the podcast to really go over that entire scripture. But if you want to read more, um, actually, Ephesians chapter five—that entire chapter is about walking in love, and wives and husbands, and then it goes into children and parents. And this is just a really good scripture for you guys to study together. But mm. we also wanted to share with you um, from First Corinthians chapter thirteen, because our next and final point is be kind. And I know we named it something simple, but we're going to rattle off a bunch of different ways that you Mm -hmm. could potentially be challenged to be more kind. Um, And here are just a few. Eye contact.
0: Wow, that's important.
1: I know that there are times when I feel like the person is not fully listening, whether it's Isaac or one of the kids or a friend, if, if they're not making eye contact with me, mm-hmm. I'm like, are you actually hearing me or are you just hearing half of my words? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like this before where maybe you give some kind of instruction or you ask someone to do something and then they do it halfway. And you, you think back to the conversation and you remember them being distracted, not making eye contact. That's even more infuriating, right? And so one of the ways that you can really honor one another and... Be kind to that person is by making eye contact with them and really trying your best to listen.
0: Yeah. Another one is don't be distracted. Stop what you're doing. Go do the eye contact Mm -hmm. and communicate. That's more important than ever. There's so many distractions, digital distractions. Also, we are so used to getting stimulated so quickly by sound bites, entertained, information, news. Mm-hmm. I know for me everything's I, fast. I do enjoy understanding what's happening in the world and these kinds of things. And but I have to be disciplined. I have to not let that take over the most important thing to me, but sometimes we don't act out what's most important, which is actually listen to your child. Yeah. To actually listen to your wife. Eye contact, these kinds of things. Yeah.
1: So another one is your tone of voice. I mean obviously like, yeah, think about that for a second. Is your tone of voice kind, mm-hmm. or is it harsh, or is it impatient, or is it um, does it tell your kids hurry up? I've got more important things to do. Right? Like I just even think about this as a mom, and so the, all of these things that we're going over could easily be applied to your parenting too. Like Isaac just mentioned, um, but put think about this in regards to your marriage. Is your tone of voice towards your husband one of respect? is his tone of voice towards his wife one of really loving her and understanding her and having that same kind of respect where it's an equal love Mm -hmm. for one another. Um, And then the tone of voice in my mind just kind of goes along with also evaluating our body language, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can tell if someone has crossed their arms, right? Mm -hmm. You can kind of tell their posture gives you uh, an opinion about their – Their heart posture, Mm -hmm. really. And I think that there is an element where we can really tell what someone's heart, where their heart is postured towards based upon their outward body language Mm -hmm. and their tone of voice. Those two kind of go together. And so are we being kind with those things?
0: Also, the eyes, are they showing annoyance, haughty eyes, frustrated eyes? I have good frustrated eyes, angry eyes. Right. If you're watching on Rumble, I you struggle see, with you see with str-
1: struggle struggling. I so, I struggle with this sometimes too. I would say <laughs> for sure. Like when I think about it, if I'm um, scolding a child for doing something dangerous, or and I, and I like it's always in my face, you guys, my eyes. And so I always. It's interesting. I have this little saying, "No me knives," and I used to brush my toddler's little eyebrows up, but then I realized, oh, I need to make sure that I don't have those little crell, uh, you know, lines on my forehead when. I'm... I'm older from
0: scowling. How about not talking down to each other? Don't assume yes. you know what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you might be right, it doesn't mean that they don't want to communicate their whole sentence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We gotta be able to allow each other to finish sentences. Yes. It's really tough if, if that's not allowed, right? Uh, don't nag.
1: Here's a verse for you guys for the nagging one. i I'm, I'm I love pulling these out. It's interesting how much God talks about all these things. If you wanted to look up something about haughty eyes, by the way, just go to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, because 16 through 19 talks about all that. Got to teach that to your kids. Yeah. So Proverbs 27, though, verses 14 through 16, it says, whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing. So obviously, like your husband is one of your neighbors, right? He's your first neighbor. And so rising early in the morning, you don't want to be like – blessing your neighbor with a loud voice and that's that's convicting for me i don't know about you guys but sometimes like when isaac and i are up in the morning like i'm i'm like hey come on get up we gotta be up together let's go (laughs) you know and i tend to be like a quick person in the morning that gets up quick and so this is something for us to be aware of it will be counted as a curse that's not okay verse 15 a continual dripping on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife are alike
0: and Whoa, gotta, that's
1: convicting. we got
0: to have grace for each other. And I would say we develop rhythms of communication and mm-hmm. ways of being with each other. You are around each other more than anybody else, I hope. And it's important that we understand that we have to break the cycle sometimes. Yeah. All these things we're talking about are breaking negative cycles if those things are, not if you're not having eye contact, if you're being distracted, if you have a bad tone of voice, bad body language, all these things, you're in... If that's normal sometimes when you guys are having conflict or hard communication then you have to break the cycle and not have the bad eye contact anymore. Mm -hmm. Have good eye contact. You can't control the other, but you can control yourself. Start with yourself. Start influencing Mm -hmm. by doing the right things and you'll watch the Mm -hmm. cycle break because we have rhythms of communication and we take each other for granted Mm -hmm. and we make assumptions based on seeing a body language and that can trigger us to believe that they're coming from a certain angle. So we have to purpose Mm -hmm. to... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know change those things. And the other person has to not be quick to judge. This is one of those times they're mm-hmm. being critical mm-hmm. or whatever the thing is. And we have to break those cycles. Mm-hmm. So what cycles do you need to break in your marriage communication mm-hmm. so that you have a more harmonious, peaceful, loving communication, even when you're talking about things mm-hmm. you disagree on?
1: I even think about when you're talking about breaking negative cycles and not judging the other person wrongly. I Isaac and I have talked at great length, even with our children about allowing one another to grow right over the years because it's easy to build a reputation with one another and it's the same in marriage it's easy to build a reputation or like he's saying get into a way of talking to one another or communicating with one another and having to choose to break that cycle well it's easy to to like build a reputation with one another it's harder to Let the other person grow. Mm -hmm. But that's the biblical thing that we need to do. Biblically, we need to have grace with one another and allow one another to grow over the years, to change, to master things that maybe have been a struggle for even 40 years amazing right because that's the power of our God and that's the the God that we believe in that he brings healing that he breaks bondages that he is the one that will set people free from strongholds right and so if there is something that has been in your spouse's life that has been a hang-up something that has irritated you having grace with them is actually allowing them to change and grow and At the same time, expecting virtue. This is something that we talk about a lot, right? Like just even communicating in a way where we expect virtue from the other person.
0: Assuming the best from each other is so important. And final encouragement is draw close to the Lord. If you're in the Bible, Mm -hmm. then you're going to be prompted by the Spirit. You're allowing the Spirit to influence you Mm -hmm. at a greater level. And it's going to be a lot easier to have good eye contact, to yeah. be patient and have the right body and language and to be give grace. Mm-hmm. If we're not walking strong in the spirit, guess what you're walking in. There's only one other option. You're walking in your flesh. Yeah. And the Bible says, do not walk in your flesh. And if you have two people walking in their flesh,
1: oh good luck.
0: <laughs> no. You've got to be walking strong with the Lord. Yes. Don't be nominal Christians. and that's, right. that's a hard word. But nominal Christians means nominal marriage.
1: Mm, that's a really good word. We're going to wrap it up with 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You oftentimes probably hear this at weddings and it's for good reason. Verse four says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all all things. So you guys, as you're communicating, imagine how different your communication could be if you communicated with love. You communicated, that means you're communicating patiently. You're communicating kindly. You're not being jealous of one another. Oh, he's going off to work and I'm here with the kids. I've struggled with that in the past. That is not the right way to think. You're blessed to be at home with your children. Love does not is not arrogant or rude in how it communicates. Love not insist on its own way. There's so many things, guys, like Isaac was saying, if you just read the word, it literally changes your perspective on how to love one another, which should impact the way you communicate. Well, we hope this has been an encouraging podcast, that you've taken some tips away, some exhortations and some challenges maybe too. Hope to see you next time. Hey! Thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting.
0: This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone.
1: If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.